Get the best odds on all the big games this March. Download the Circa Sports Iowa app today. Welcome to another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. Recording, as always, tonight in the Carl Chevrolet Studios in Ankeny. It stands and fits. Presented by the professional NBA program at the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State. Fitzy, right now at Carl Chevrolet through the end of the month of May, it is Military Appreciation Month. Any active or retired military member, spouses, or same household members can qualify for supplier pricing plus $500 off. You're going to get that deal exclusively at Carl Chevrolet and Ankeny or Carl Chevrolet or Stewart. That is above and beyond even what they're doing at all GM dealerships across the nation. Plus, you can get, they just announced 0% financing for 72 months on 2019 Tahoes and Suburbans. And then all month long, qualified buyers can take advantage of 0.9% financing for 36 months or 3.9% for 72 months special financing on select GM certified vehicles. That is right now at Carl Chevrolet of Ankeny, exit 90 at The Rock, or Carl Chevrolet of Stewart. So it's a great time, especially if you're a military member here this week. It is. And to you said, get to Carl Chevrolet. And that's the end of May, right? So that's got a few more days left on that. Right. Just a few more days. So you are going to want to act now on that if you fit, in, fit into the, the qualifications that it takes there for Military Appreciation Month. Also, as always, want to remind you about our Cyclone Fanatic store. We're having a major sale right now with two of our most popular shirts that we've ever had. Fitzy, there's two things that I know all Cyclone fans love. One of them is Big 12 Tournament Championships. Mm -hmm. And that means that you can get our net net collector shirts right now for only $10 on our Team Closet site, teamcloset.com slash cyclonefanatic. Another thing that I know all Cyclone fans love is Joel Laney. Who who doesn't love Joel Laney? I love Joel Laney. Of course you do. And that's why you already own, I assume you already own, an our linebacker throws better than your quarterback shirt. In honor of the great Joel Laney, you can get that one. For $10 as well, 50% off two of our most popular shirts that we've ever done on the Cyclone Fanatic store. Again, that link is teamcloset.com slash Cyclone Fanatic. And then lastly, if you love what we do here on Stands and Fits, you love what we do as far as Fitzy's mailbag or any of our other content on cyclonefanatic.com and on the Cyclone Fanatic podcast network, we please ask that you consider donating to our monthly Patreon fund. It's easy, it's secure, and the money you give to Cyclone Fanatic goes right back into making our product better. For example, we're going to put out an app this summer. Mm-hmm. I, I mentioned it on Football and Random Things. It looks awesome. I've gotten to see the mock-ups a couple times, and I don't think that we're too far off from being able to get that done and, and being able to get that out to, to you guys, the consumers, and I think everybody's really going to like it. So you can become a patron uh, by clicking on the link on the right side of the homepage. It just says become a patron right there on the, the homepage of Cyclone Fanatic, and that will help you support what we do here uh, and help, us, help keep us free. I'm excited about the app. I think uh, Chris shared a link with everyone at one point, and man, it, like I don't know if you remember, but back in the day, Cycle Fanatic used to have an app. Yeah, and it was it worked pretty well for a while. But I think the new app, if it's going to stick to what it looked like in the preview, it's going to be super, super awesome. Yeah, I think that it'll be good. Just it, the ease of access will be nice. Yeah, you know, it, it'll make everything easier for everybody. Yeah, because everyone's always on their phones nowadays. I'm always on my phone. Right, and the, and another thing that makes it great is that. When something like the Cyclones getting a commitment from Penn State transfer Rasir Bolton you get a notification. happens, you get a push notification right to your phone, and you're going to know just as soon as we do at Cyclone Fanatic wow. that there's been breaking news in the world of Iowa State sports. That's very soon. That is very soon. <laughs> that, that's immediately. Yes. I don't know how much faster you could possibly want it. You can't. You can't go any faster. No, you can't. Uh, speaking of Rasir Bolton, 
uh, huge pickup for Prome in the in the clones. Yeah, that was kind of the the piece that everyone was waiting for as far as the the spring recruiting period was as goes going toward for basketball. So uh, obviously, it sounds like he's pretty confident they'll get a waiver too to play yeah. immediately. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's one of those things where everybody kind of looks at it from the outside and they're like, whatever, we don't yeah. understand it, but hey. If uh, if it works and it works, that's all that matters to us. Yeah, and that's it, how I'm. That's where I look at I, it. I equate it to it, it's kind of like math homework, where if if you if you do it one way and you, the teacher asks you the other way, you don't really care as long as you get the right answer. Right. I my thing too is I don't know why anybody's like why what, like what grounds does he have to get a waiver? Do we know what anybody has to do to get a waiver anymore? Dude, people have gotten waivers for far far less. Than I mean, Tate Martell got a waiver literally because he left Ohio State. To yeah. get away from Justin Fields. Yep. And uh, so to me, it's, it's like if that guy can go and get a waiver, I feel like probably anybody can get a waiver at this point. I feel like the NCAA in general, like over the past couple of years especially, has gotten way more lenient with what they're giving out. Yeah, it's just weird too because then they'll give them – they won't give them out for the things that the, like yeah. the waivers were actually designed for. Like the, the slam dunk ones. Yeah, the ones where it's they're moving closer to home for because a family member's sick or something yeah. and they don't grant the waiver and you're like, isn't that why you made the rule? Yeah, but precisely. I, I don't know. Whatever. If he can get the waiver, that definitely, I think, raises the ceiling that the team has exponentially. Yep. Uh, Given another guy with uh, Power 5 conference, you know, playing, right. playing experience. So, that'll be good. I don't know that they're going to be able to score quite the same way. Just because, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, I think you, you feel good about Tyrese being able to increase his scoring output. Yep. Obviously, Prentice is a guy who's been able to score at the college level. Rasir Bolton, obviously, has already done it at the Power 5 level. Yep. Jacobson and Condit, I think you feel good about what you can get from them. But you think about all that they lost, it's still a lot for those guys to have to really pick up yeah. you know, and right away kind and of. And my assumption would be that next year we'll see a little bit more of a motion offense approach because I think last year they had a lot of guys who were really good in isolation. Uh -huh. But this – but. I think, you know, you see THT and Wigginton and even Mariel Shayak go away and all those guys are really good in ISO. So. That's one thing I'm – I haven't watched enough of Rasir Bolton to really know this for sure. Mm -hmm. But I, if I remember correctly, they play really slow, like a really deliberate style at Penn State where yeah. now I think he'll probably get a little more freedom to do his thing. So you wonder, kind of like Mariel Shayak Yeah, was. I was going to say, and the, and the only difference is obviously Shayak sat out a year and he yeah. got like, you know, a year to – Well, Andy was older, yeah. yeah. To improve his game, but, yeah. you know, it'll be good. Players like playing in the up-tempo. We got it out of state, so. Do you think that they can get back to the tournament now? Uh, if he's granted immediate eligibility, then I would safely say that they are probably a tournament team next year. Yeah. yeah. That's, what I, that's what I was thinking. I feel like this puts them back into the conversation to be top half of the league. Yeah, and, and I don't think that, like, not getting him would have made them a not-tournament team. Mm -hmm. Like, I still think they had the capability of making a tournament even without Bolton, but Bolton makes it much more of a sure thing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that it's huge. Mm -hmm. As you look, you think about where, like, where Iowa State was before the spring recruiting period, mm -hmm. and we kind of had a checklist of, like, what they needed to get, and they got all those things. They kind of took an indirect route there yep. where there were some names that were tossed around that, you know, they missed on. They would have been happy to have, but at the same right. time, they got those guys in a different mold. Right. At the end of the day, you, you picked up some pretty good pieces. I mean, I think Caleb Grohl was – I think we'll look back at that, and it'll be probably one of the bigger recruiting wins of the Promera at Agreed. the end of the day. And I, I feel think. like I feel like a lot of people didn't really appreciate that commitment as much as it should have been. Yeah, I feel like coming off the severe Wheeler thing, everybody was really down. Yeah, 
I mean, I was I was pumped, and I would have been happy to get him. Really happy, actually. But mm-hmm. you know, I think I think with what Iowa State ended up with is going to be just fine. Well, and two, it was like they missed on the Clarence Nadolny, the French kid. Yeah. And then you miss you miss on Severe Wheeler, and it was almost like everybody thought of Caleb Grill as being the fallback guy, being Plan C, yeah. just because of the pure timing of everything. Mm-hmm. Whereas like he was going to be the last one to announce. And then all of a sudden it's like, damn, well, now we're on plan C. But in reality, it probably really wasn't like that. They were probably all yeah. kind of like 1A, 1B, And 1C. again, we've, we've heard that Grill like, grew up being an Iowa State fan just because of the way they played. And, right. I, and if a guy really wants to be at Iowa State, then I would take a, like a, a lower-rated guy who wants to be here as opposed to a higher-rated guy who doesn't want to be here. Yeah, I agree with that. For sure. I mean, I think that that's and, – and then Javen, uh, Javen Johnson – Mm-hmm. I think he's a another guy that, you know, he's going to sit out for the year, and then you get two years with him. I mean, I, I like just that there's going to be so much more stability between having Grill, you know, in theory as a four-year guy, Johnson is a three-year guy, yep. and then Rashir Bolton is a three. If he didn't get a waiver, he'd technically be a four. Yep. You know? So I think that where you're not going to be having that same kind of roster turnover just year after year, I mean, you can have – I feel like – Prom can have those guys sprinkled in, mm. but these are the kind of guys that he can really have a, a lot of success with. Yeah, for sure. So then we also got a commitment on the football side of things too. Yeah, football side of things, Butler Community College wide receiver Darren Wilson. Uh, redshirted his first year of junior college at a, at a school in Georgia and then goes to Butler. Uh, had like 20 catches for 300-something yards and three touchdowns last season. Yep. Uh, he will play three seasons yeah. of of – football at Iowa State yeah and it sounds like the coaches probably told him that he could have a chance to come in and start immediately if, yeah. he, if he plays well enough or at least he'll get an opportunity to play yeah that's one I mean it's yeah. a guy that he obviously has not played at Iowa State but to know that he's played the college level he's a guy who's technically or he's a redshirt sophomore yep basically a junior then I feel like you've got to feel pretty good about that considering just the there's kind of a gap you know mm-hmm. between like Deshante Jones, you get Deshante Jones, then you add the Michael Petway to that senior class. There's only a couple guys in that junior class, in that junior class, and now you add Darren Wilson alongside Tariq Milton, and then you've got a whole bunch of French uh, freshmen. Yeah, and you kind of can delay the development of them a little bit, where they don't have to get thrown into the fire quite as fast. Definitely, and overall, Iowa State's receivers are pretty young still, uh, but it's good that they're they're still adding you know, right. guys to the to the mix. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I think that there's they have like 11 scholarship wide receivers on the roster. Mm-hmm. And I think six of them are freshmen. Yeah. Or, or redshirt, redshirt freshmen. freshmen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and then even Tariq Milton and Darren Wilson are just redshirt sophomores. Yeah. So it's not like they're, you know, old men by any stretch of the imagination. Well, compared to the rest of the receiver group, they kind of are. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. But then you bring in, I mean, you're going to bring in Darian Porter and, you know, yeah. Ezra Anderson, some more guys I think can will have an opportunity to make an impact down the road. Yeah, there's that's that's a good spot for Iowa State. I think it is. Even and it was after being a huge question mark going into the summer. And receiver is one of those positions too where I do think you benefit from two or three years of waiting in the wings and watching. Right. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like if Allen had been able to wait maybe a year, mm-hmm. we could have seen. I don't know that we ever saw the best of Allen. Allen was obviously very good. Yeah. But it was like I feel like he could have he could have benefited from having that one year where he didn't have to get thrown into the fire immediately. Yeah, cuz I mean again, you, whenever a guy matures in that one extra year, you can get your body more right. prepared for the rigors of the Big 12. So. And, and by no means am I saying that Allen was not No, he was still I very mean, he, very good. He 
he's probably the second best wide receiver to ever play at Iowa State, and he was the best wide receiver to play at Iowa State until the last guy, you know. Tom and, Blythe's and, and then Todd too. Blythe's like the only <laughs> other one that I think would I'd put in that conversation. Yeah, for sure. It's those three. I think Akeem is a clear number one, though. Uh, as far as ability goes, I would agree with that. Yeah. I would put – all right, here we go. We're just going to do this now. Okay. Uh, now that I've got this on my mind. We've talked our way into yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, I think that Hakeem is head and shoulders above both of them. Because if he would have came back for his senior year, he would have broken all the records that he'd already set, and I think he would have shattered every other yep. record that there was left out there. Although, I mean, you you did have to take into account that Todd Blythe played in an offense that was probably a little bit more run-oriented. Run yeah, but he – also was like the only guy yeah that's true but then again if you're the only guy you're gonna gr grab all the defense see and that's where you got to give him some credit the fact that he was able to put up those numbers while being yeah. the only guy yeah but Allen was the only guy at times too yeah you know? I mean but the last couple of years he did have a keem out there too yeah so it's tough though I, I do agree from from a physical and max ceiling standpoint Butler I believe is the best yeah um it, I, like I said, if he would have came back for his senior year, assuming he didn't get hurt, yeah. he would have been an absolute monster. I would argue you can make the case that Blythe made the most out of what he was given. Yeah. I think. Oh, yeah. I, I definitely would agree with that. Mm -hmm. And Lazard was kind of more of a steady Eddie. Yeah. Well, no, the problem, the other thing that Lazard didn't really have on his side, like Blythe had pretty consistent quarterback play where yeah. you had Brett Meyer. Yep. And then even... <laughs> I want to say a senior – He did, did he have uh, or not a senior year? Uh, I don't think so. I think okay. he went out with uh, Meyer, I want to believe. Well, yeah, but Meyer got beat out by Arnott, I thought, when uh, Arnott I, was a freshman. I can't remember that. He might have. I think that's that's how it happened. Because I don't think Brett Meyer was a starting quarterback. When Fact he, check when us he, on that one. When his season fans. ended, but when his senior year ended. But, yeah, man, Lazard went through, like, what, four or five different quarterbacks? Do you remember who threw Alan Lazard his first touchdown pass? Yes, Jarvis West. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be a cyclone trivia for you there. Yeah. You thought you were going to get me. No, I figured you'd probably know. Yeah. But, but that's what's crazy is, I mean, he thought he caught touchdown passes from so many different people. Yeah. Jarvis West, uh, Sam Richardson. Yeah. Grant, probably Grant Rohach. Grant Rohach. Uh, uh, Joel. Yep. Uh, Jacob Park. <laughs> yeah. Kyle Kempt. Yep. Did he ever catch one from Zeb? Uh, that's a good question. He he might have. Yeah, I don't remember. At least six. We already counted six. Yeah. And there might have been another receiver or halfback pass in there at some point, too. Yeah, and two of them didn't even play wide receiver or play he, quarterback for their entire careers. Did Josh Lenz ever throw one to Lazard? No, they they didn't. I don't think that their careers matched up. Really? I, I like thought Lenz was a... Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, Lenz is a couple years It might have been the transition year that they, they just missed out. But. Yeah, because Allen's freshman year, his first game was that game against North Dakota State mm. when Bundridge blew out his knee on the first play of the game. Oh, yeah, lovely. Lovely memories. <laughs> Coming come off like one of the best seasons in Iowa State receiver that yeah. ever had. Yeah. The hype for Bundridge there was through the roof for a while. Well, it's crazy. There's those couple of years like in the fall. We'd talk about Iowa State's receivers. It's like, man, these guys are – pretty legit Darius Money Reynolds yeah Darius Money Reynolds and uh and Allen yeah. and Quentin Bundridge Darius Darks <laughs> yeah um, he, I don't think he quite was at that same time he was he might maybe was there Allen's freshman year Dondre Daly yeah uh who else because it wasn't the hype around Dondre Trevor, Daly. Trevor Ryan like he was Dondre Daly was 6'3 and that was like a huge deal yeah back then yeah but it was it was just like you look at that group of guys 
and they were really top heavy where you had Bundridge yeah. and Allen and really Bundridge didn't do that much after he got hurt though either mm-hmm. I mean, he was playing professional for a while but I just, he just wasn't the same guy at Iowa State that last yeah. year I, I think it, it took a, a little bit off a step that that knee injury yeah uh but no I mean it was really just Allen there it was like you looked at it on paper and you're like man they've got a lot of guys with a lot of production coming back and then they just really did not very really do very much no they they kind of just did the force feed Lazard I mean that last tactic that last Rhodes team could not throw the football at all no hardly is either throw the ball to Allen or not throw it at all. They couldn't do much of anything, to be honest. Hey, Mike Warren <laughs> hey, ran you're for not a wrong. freshman record. You're not wrong. They just couldn't pass block to save their lives. They, they could really do something opening up some holes for the rushing game. And it's basically kind of been the opposite the last few years, which is yeah. strange. Hey, man, I maintain that uh, that group with uh, Wendell Ty say – Pat Scoggins, uh, or Scrock, whatever. Yeah, Pat, yeah. Patrick Scoggins. Yeah. Uh, Jamison Locke, uh, Jake Campos, and, man, who was the right tackle? Well, Nick Fett was out there at one point, too. Yeah, he was, like, later in the year, though, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but no, I'm just saying, yeah, those, like, that group of guys, they somehow they were, like, had probably the best – yeah, run blocking offensive line that Iowa State has had in the last five just, years. You know, just get out there and bull rush them and just right. pave the way on the ground. That's all you got to do, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but no, that was a. You look at this, but okay, what I was trying to say. You look at the receiving core now, and it's just there's so much more talent than there even was when we back when we're like, man, these receivers are actually pretty good. Yeah, um, and I think the difference too. <sighs> I shouldn't say that. I was going to say that there. I think a lot of there's a lot more talent spreader across a, a bunch of different heights nowadays. Yeah. Because you know you have those smaller guys like Deshante Jones and Tariq Milton who are who are a little bit shorter, maybe under six foot even, and you got the tall guys um, coming back too. So. Yeah. Man, Jarvis was really good. He would have been good in this offense. He was so fun to watch because you you thought that every time he caught a screen pass, he could like turn it upfield and just go. Yeah. He could stop on a dime and like turn. And His just... big problem really was that he was like five seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was always so funny though because if if you got like again like Lazard out there blocking for for Jarvis West, yeah, like you you could hide Jarvis West completely behind Alan Lazard. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but no, it's just like they were so top heavy, and now these last couple years, where you've got the guys like, where it's like you've got two guys at the top who are really good, but then even the guys after them we're all pretty good where yeah. you could throw a lot more bodies out there and know that they weren't just going to be like a waste of space. Yeah. You know, that's what's, I mean, I think that's what helped make Hakeem and Allen have the, you know, last seasons that they had. Indeed. And, and I would say a more uh, modern offensive approach too. Yeah, for sure. All right. But Darren Wilson, I mean, he's a guy who chose Iowa state over West Virginia. Uh, I think Nebraska was in there a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. From all intents and purposes, or from all intent, like from everything I've heard, Duke can really burn. He can really is he? He can really run. I I, th- I think I went to his recruiting profile and I didn't see any videos attached. I was looking for to see if I could find highlights. Do they exist or are they? I think he's on Huddle. Okay, I'd have to look more though. Gotcha. I'd be curious to check those out. But that's what I've heard is just he can really run. Well, so. if you got size and speed, then those are two big two big check marks in your favor. Well, I've in. I mean, he's about the same size as the Michael Petway, mm-hmm. and I don't think Petway quite is that same no. burner type. But now you get a guy like Wilson, where who if he can be that 
just pure speed on the edge. Yeah. That's another thing that you were kind of missing and it just helps shore up that position. Yep, exactly. You, if you, if you wanted a, a tall guy who could also burn, then that's what you got out of this guy. Yeah. That's what Darian Porter's going to be too. And he's two inches taller. Yeah, man. Didn't he set the all time record in the 400 or something like that? Yeah. He was Iowa? the first guy to ever run a 46 run sub 47, 400. Yeah. And what? obviously you can't run 400 meters on a, on a football field, but did so. you ever run? Did you run track? No, oh. I ran cross country. I was a long distance guy. Oh, okay. I know it doesn't look like it anymore, but I was going to yeah. say, yeah, the, uh, I think the fastest 400 I ever ran was like a 55 in a relay. Yeah. And then you're, you see, you're a big dude though. You you can stride out. I bet you, I bet you're pretty fast. Yeah. I wasn't a very, I was, well, okay. Not, for, not Here, track fast though. No, no, I was, I was good at, uh, well, I was good at the hurdles. Uh, oh, yeah. School record holder in the hurdles. Toot my own horn for a second. But, nice. Uh, in, no. in, wait, wait, in high school or junior high? Yeah, in high school. All right, all right. All right. Uh, but it was, it, like, in the 400, it's a lot of that's, like, mentality. Yeah. You have to, like, have the right mentality to do it. Yeah. And I had the mentality of every time I had to run the 400, man, I really don't want to do this. <laughs> yeah, that would uh, not help your case. Where if I was running on the 4x4, four four, I'm standing there about to get the baton, and I'm just thinking, man, I this I hate my life right now. Yeah. I can't believe I'm about to have to run a 400. Like to, to do a 400 row, you basically do have to sprint the entire time. But oh, it's, yeah. It's a little bit too long to where it's comfortable to sprint that entire time. Yeah. Oh, that, but that's what I'm saying. Like, if you're going to do it, you have to have the the mentality of like, I'm going to sprint this dead out the entire, yeah. the entire way. Exactly. And if you have that and you have the size, like what Darren Porter has, that's how he can be. I mean, how the, he goes from being, you know, pretty good to being like elite yep. at that event. As long as he can catch the ball, he's going to be pretty good. I would imagine <laughs> for sure. All right. Last thing that we have uh, to note here, the, one of the casinos in Vegas or one of like the sports book groups, released some early college football lines for 2019, including for the Cyhawk game. Yep. And as of right now, Iowa State is favored in the Cyhawk game for the first time since 2000. Dun, dun, dun. And now I'm not, I'm not honestly not too surprised about it. I'm this. not surprised either. Um, I think, again, if, if both teams were on a neutral field, it'd probably be basically a pick em. And I think Jack Trice kind of gives them the, the two-point edge, two edge. Well, yeah, when I saw it was two points, I looked at that and I was like, man, that, must, that makes me think that Vegas would have it either as my, as I will buy one or it would have him as a straight up pick yeah. if it if it was in if it was on a neutral field exactly so uh played at Drake Stadium <laughs> yeah so we did uh uh ask Kirk Holland about the uh I asked him about the record Iowa State had when they were favored in the Seahawks game and he said it was approximately 4 and 2 I believe yeah but he didn't have the line for 1982 yeah so might might not be completely accurate, but we think it is. Yeah, that's pretty close. Like yeah. that's got to be. So winning which record. Which is crazy. That's it's crazy that he only has six years in his all log. of the yeah in his log. Which if there's anybody that you're gonna ask, it's gonna be Kirk. Yep. And uh, what years did he say that he had? He uh, told us which years he had specifically. Yep. Uh, 2000, 1999, 81, 79, 78, and 77. Yep. And 77 was the first one right uh well it must have been if he doesn't go back any further yeah yeah i mean what so when would the losses have been it wasn't 98 or 2000 obviously um it would have had to have been I'm pulling up the all-time series okay man it's still crazy to think that like they uh 
They've only been favored six times in all, <laughs> in all the years in they've been basically playing the last, this game. In the last 40 years. Yeah. 77 was a 12 to 10 loss. Okay. So that, 78? Uh, 78 was a 31 to zero win. Okay. 79. Pure domination. Jeez. Come on. Lovely. 78 Hawks. <laughs> uh, 70. Wait, what was the other one? 79. 79 was a 30 to 14 loss. So there's your two okay. losses. Yep. 77 and 79. Yeah. And then he said so, 81. So 81, it was 23 to 12 win. They did win in 80, 10 to seven, but that, that probably was a close line or something. So you're going to, they won 19 to seven for your preview article. You write this fall. You're going to basically have to say since 1981, Iowa state has never lost to Iowa when favored. There you I go. Like that. <laughs> that's I like a good that. stat for you. That's a tweet right there. Yeah, it is. Dude, that's crazy though, that they went. So it's like after they win in 82, they won three straight from 80 to 82. And then that's the beginning of the, whatever it is. 15 year losing streak. We don't talk about that here. Yeah, no. Uh, so they're obviously not favored in any of those years. No. And then they're only favored two more times. <laughs> uh, like the fact that they weren't even favored in, you know, 2001 at home. Well, that was the Brad Banks year, right? I thought that was 02. Or no, that was 02. That was 02. Yep. What, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. They'd won three straight. And then even in 2001, I guess you're playing your whatever, like, oh, no, that was different because that was when the game was all the way at the end of the season. Because of 9-11. Uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, that would have been the first year with Seneca and everything. Mm-hmm. I would be interested to know how that – I mean, it's not like they were bad that year. Went 7-5. and five. So, like, they were 6-4 six and, six and four going into that game. I don't know. I don't know either. That's crazy. Just a little bit too, a little bit too early for for us youngins. Yeah. But no, regardless, they are the they are the favorites as of right now, and I don't imagine that that line will move that drastically towards Iowa to where they won't be the favorites when they kick off on September fourteenth. I mean, the the most I can see it moving is it turn into a straight pick 'em. Well, and it was interesting too because they show they there was a couple other of those top games mm-hmm. uh, from that day. That you know, we've talked about that day a lot with the potential for college game day. Yep. And what what were some of those other games? It was like Clemson plays Syracuse. Syracuse. Uh, I think Oklahoma plays UCLA. There was another one, but they were all like double digit games. Penn State and Pitt, I think. Okay. And that one was a double digit line. So they're not expected to be good games. (laughs) Right. And I looked at that and I was like, dang, okay. Well, if this is how Vegas has the line, I'm not gonna. I wouldn't think that. Game day is going to be that thrilled to go to a... A blowout. Yeah, a game where Syracuse is a 17-point dog to Clemson. Yeah, exactly. It, w- it wouldn't be worth it because the the fun would be sucked out of it for Syracuse to some degree, I would think. I mean, they'll still get pumped up. Well, it's, yeah, you'll get pumped up, but it's basically like everybody's there pumped up <laughs> thinking, man, we're really psyched and it's awesome that you guys are here, but we're about to get... Murdered. <laughs> get stomped by Clemson tonight. Yeah. You know? Well, then again, if, if game day had come for the Oklahoma State game in 2011, we would have been thinking the same thing. That's true. Uh, still, no. <laughs> I don't know. I think Clemson's on a different level than what Oklahoma State was in 2011. Yeah, I would agree with that. Like, at this point... Their, their, their run of dominance has been much better than Oklahoma State's was. Well, and it's not like Oklahoma State was just a pure 
juggernaut no. at that point. They had a very good offense, but it, it wasn't like their defense was spectacular. And again, it was just more of a one year. Right. Like they're their really good was, this year. The defense was like good enough. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was solid, but it was just that offense was really, really good. Yep. And the defense was just fine. And then, but where you look at Clemson, it's like the offense is going to be ridiculous. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne. Yep. I don't think you even need to name anybody else. Uh, and then the their defense program been- that has pumped out one of the best <laughs> defenses in the country every year As I said. Uh, for like the f- past five years and has played in the last, what, four straight na- – or three of the last four national championship games? Yeah, I think so. And th- they're probably uh, – I mean, it, has it been announced yet? Are they the favorites to win next year? Or is it Alabama? It's got to be one of those two teams. I mean, yeah, it's one of, it's one of them. But anywho, you know. <laughs> but, that, but that's what I'm saying. So then if they came to – like if you come to Ames for that game – then you know that it's it's going to be a close it's game. It's going to be a good game. Yeah. It's going to be everybody's going to be fired up. There's going to be a ton of people there. Yep. But that's the one thing where like you've heard all these people talk about okay, if we're going to do game day and all this stuff and then like people do mad about be mad about it being on the week of the Iowa game. I thought about this. If they wanted to do it where it's like we're really going to showcase Iowa State and we're going to try and keep the Iowa people out of it, that's why you got to have it at the Campanile. You can't have it at the stadium. Yeah. Have it on campus. Like, make the Iowa people have to go on campus. Up onto campus and, yeah. like, go up there and find it. And, well, I mean, it's not that hard to find the Campanile, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying, where it's just yeah. make it much more out of the way. Agreed. To where the students have, or it's easier for students to get there. And it's like, if you really want to go to game day, you can go. But other than that, like, you're, you're making a decision, like, I'm going to game day. Not like you just show up at the stadium and you're there, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, because basically on Sci-Out game day at Jack Trice, I mean, all those Hawk fans are still in the tailgate lots of yeah. us. Yeah, and they're there. There's a lot of them there, but they're there all day. Yeah. You know, and it's not like they're all just wandering around Ames, showing up at, Random, the, at yeah. the Memorial Union, like chilling out in front of the Campanile. Yeah. That's my, that's <laughs> my. Uh, Your idea? Your yeah. main idea? Yeah. That's how I think that it would make sense to do uh, Probably. game day at you know, I, I I wonder if if game gate excuse me game, game day game. gets to <laughs> decide where they are on campus or if it's a if it's a campus uh, Iowa State decision. I would imagine that there's probably a combination of both. I wonder if the, I wonder if Iowa State suggests some lo- some locations and then game day makes the final decision. Yeah, but that's like one of the few places where you could really conceivably see there being enough space for all of their for everything. Mm-hmm. You know, because they want the crowd behind the set yeah so it's like have the set set up on central campus right in between curtis and beardshire yep. with the campanile in the back and everybody out in front of the campanile like yep. that would just be it would be perfect i agree that the central campus area would work fantastic and i think the other one that people have generally agreed on is they could set up near ryman gardens yeah but i i would definitely like you have suggested prefer central campus that would just be big time dude yeah. that would look so cool I'm, I'm still – it's going to happen. with Within the next three years, I can almost guarantee that I, that game day will come to Iowa State. The question is when. Man, I just want to know who they would get as a guest picker. Like, that's all I want to know now. Yeah. I mean, if you if you go for a famous Iowan, then you could do Jason Momoa. That would be my thought. Yeah. The, like, that's the thing that sucks about – well, there's a lot of there's a lot of famous Iowa State people that who are that Iowa State fans love. Yeah. But they're not necessarily nationally relevant. And you well, can't like the always pick would have been while while he was at Chicago, you could have went with Fred Hoiberg. I was just gonna say there was one like very clear <laughs> option uh, yeah. that is obviously probably not gonna come through at this point. He will not be getting the invite. Right. And it's like I just don't know that George is probably famous enough. He's not to 
to do that. Only people with a Big 12 footprint will remember who George Niang is. Yeah. Seneca probably isn't famous enough. No. Eh, he, he's probably more famous on a national landscape than uh, George is, though, I would say. That's fair. I'm trying to think. Who else? Uh, I mean, Coletio Semele, I guess. You can bring him back. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I mean, uh, he's a famous football player. I, don't, I mean, offensive line isn't yeah. that well-known, but at the same time, he's playing in the NFL at a high level. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that there would be. But the only thing about it, if you have it on central campuses, it has to be a night game probably at that point. Yeah. Like there's no way that they're going to have it on central campus and then everybody can't get to the game. It yeah, exactly. starts at 11. Very true. Especially with as bad as traffic gets on game days. Yep. All right. Do we have any mailbag questions? Uh, we don't. I basically used all the mailbag questions this week in my mailbag. So, uh, Did one, you not get very many questions? Well, no, I got, I got a, a pretty good amount, but I just used them all. People ask good questions this week. One guy did ask me, though, how my uh, home renovation is going. Scotty P, shout out to you. Uh, it's going well. We're basically almost done painting, finishing up trim. So. Have you guys moved in yet? Nope. Uh, we are going to have to move in no later than the end of June. So, oh, so about a coming month up. away. Yeah, coming yep. up. But you like hope to be in there before then? Yeah, the the plan is probably hopefully to get everything moved over mid June. Yep. Cool. We'll have to do like an on location episode of Stands and Fits. That'd be good. Do you have like a back deck or something? Uh, we have a, a a portion that you could call the back deck. It's mainly just a concrete slab. But, oh, okay. But yeah, it would work. There we go. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. Stands and Fits presented by the professional MBA program at the Ivy College Business from the Carl Chevrolet Studios on the Cycle and Fanatic Podcast Network. Hey, guys, it's Chris interrupting this podcast because, you know, everybody wants to know that I get it asked all the time. How can we help Cycle and Fanatic? Well, you help Cycle and Fanatic by you support our advertisers and everybody needs to be aware of eye care. I wasn't for a long time and I went to... Ames Eye Care, and they really helped me out. It's changed my life. I don't have headaches the way that I did. You've heard me talk about this. They're also in Des Moines at Des Moines Eye Care, and you need to think about this with your family. Get the kids checked out. Encourage the wife, anything. Personalized eye care, designer eyewear. I've got these sweet Maui gym glasses that I use at work all the time. People think they look awesome. They meet your whole family's vision needs at Ames and Des Moines Eye Care. Check them out today and support Cyclone Fanatic. Welcome back to Stands and Fits. Time for Hot and Not. It is. I will go first this week. My hot is Iowa native Nick Nurse, who has started, he started his career as a graduate assistant at UNI in 1989. Um... And this kind of goes in. The reason I, I picked him is I saw a story written by Tommy Birch in the Des Moines Register. Very good. Um, basically, yeah, he started as an assistant at UNI in 1989. Had to cold call Grand University to get a job uh, after he had gone overseas to coach. And now, basically almost 30 years later, is head coach of the Toronto Raptors in the NBA Finals. And it's pretty impressive. He, in the span of 30 years coaching, has had 15 different coaching jobs. And he basically started the Iowa Energy. Yeah. And he, I believe it, he was like the 2011 D-League Coach of the Year. Yeah. I, I believe so. Yeah, I'm surprised that's not a bigger story. Not more buzz about that. Yeah. Carroll, Iowa native. Yeah. I wonder how hyped everybody is in Carroll for Nick Nurse <laughs> right now. I wonder how many people... I don't know. Like, I mean, you say Iowa native, but at the same time, he's been all over for the last 30 years, you know? Yeah. I think he won a state championship at Kemper Catholic in Carroll. I believe that's correct. Yep. So, uh, good for Nick Nurse, representing Iowa a little bit. 
Uh, do you foresee any way that the Raptors make this a series? Absolutely. Well, a series? Uh, I mean, it might go five. Maybe it'll go six. <laughs> do you see, foresee them winning a game, Jared? Yeah, I think they'll win one. Okay. They'll win one in Toronto. Okay. Drake will just really get under the skin of somebody. <laughs> so you think it'll be like a, a game three or a game four probably then? Yeah, I'd say game three. Okay. Golden State will go to Toronto up 2-0. And Toronto like- will win two – like win game three to go to 2-1. All the Raptors fans will be going nuts out in Jurassic Park. And then, like, they'll come out and the Warriors will squeak one out in game four, just barely kind of skate by. And then in, then they'll close it out in game five. Gotcha. That's so, how I foresee it happening. So if the Raptors pulled the unthinkable and did win the NBA Finals, how would you, how would you react, number one? And <laughs> how would I react? Would you support Drake being a complete hothead about you know his team winning the NBA Finals, uh, Drake has already just been absolutely ridiculous yeah. for the last like two weeks. The way that he has been acting on the sidelines, he acts been like, like absolutely his, remarkable. His his demeanor has been like he's a part of the team. Man, I feel like Toronto has so few things to like really hang its hat on that they basically just have made Drake part of the team. Probably, you know. Yeah. But like the, there's like the video of him waving at Giannis when he fouled out in whatever that was, I think game four. Yeah. Uh, there's the, there was him massaging Nick Nurse's shoulders. Yep. It's just crazy to think of a guy from Carroll, Iowa being massaged be, by Drake. Yeah, being like having his shoulders massaged by Arguably Drake. Arguably the most famous rapper right now. I don't know that there's a more just like the fact that Drake is one of the most interesting parts of the Toronto Raptors just tells you everything you need to know about the Raptors. Yeah. Basically, all I know currently about the Raptors is Kawhi Leonard, uh, Nick Nurse, and Drake. Yeah, and Kyle Lowry finally I mean, made the finals. I mean, yeah, that's about it. See, that's what – I look at the at the Raptors and I'm like, okay, what it's the, what's interesting about the – What's interesting about the Raptors? It's like, okay, will Kawhi go back? You know, is he going to re-sign with the Raptors? I would say if they won the finals, then at that point, yeah, you could probably entertain the idea of him coming back. Yep. Otherwise, I'm going to lean probably not. Mm. Uh, Kyle Lowry finally helping. You're like finally getting over the hump and going to the finals after running into LeBron so many times. Yep. And then that's like really it. What kind of crazy thing is Drake going to do? Yeah. Did you see that? I'm going to just make this my not because I don't have one right now. Uh, did you see who is out there, like, tooting the horn for the Warriors? No. Smash Mouth. Smash Mouth? Yeah, they were tweeting at Drake last week. Really? About how he needed to sit his ass down. Their their uh, Twitter account is usually pretty feisty. Yeah. I remember right. They get involved in a lot of stuff. Especially about Oakland sports for some reason. Really? Yeah, mm-hmm. they just are really – because they're are, really carrying the flag for Oakland sports. Are they, are they from the Bay Area? Is that what, what – Yeah, I, I, okay. I assume so. I got gotcha. you. They, yeah, they really like the A's, too, I think. Like, they're really big on the A's. Makes sense. I wonder if the Warriors would – the Warriors definitely don't, like, pump up Smash Mouth as much as no. what – I don't think they have any, like, celebrity fans like that. I don't think so either. You know, speaking of the A's, have you seen the Lonely Island uh, thing on Netflix? I haven't. I heard about it, but – It's it's worth a watch. It's is pretty, it? Pretty hilarious. Is yeah. it? <laughs> okay, well, I, I will admit that if, if you kind of know – a little bit of history about the A's. Yeah. Just when they when they had the Bash Bros. Yeah. It makes it a little bit more uh, funny in my opinion. But yeah, it's it's pretty pretty funny. It's just weird to think of those two guys like portraying Mark McGuire <laughs> and Jose Canseco. It's, it's it's as weird as you think. 
but it's it's funny. I also know enough about the Lonely Island to just know, yeah, that it was probably really weird. Just <laughs> really, it's a really weird. weird thing. But by the, if you if you make it through the whole thing, the the final song I do is is pretty good. Is it? Yeah. Is it all like original music? They've just. Oh yeah. Oh wow. It's I I would say it's probably six or seven original songs. It's packed into about the minutes. Bash Brothers. Yes. Yep. Yeah, I might have to check that out. <laughs> uh, I've keep seeing it on Netflix, and I'm just like, man, I don't know about this. Yeah, again, uh, it's only a half hour long, so it's not like it's going to take up your entire night. Okay. So I'll think about it. All right. I'll put some thought into it. Uh, my hot this week, I don't know if you've seen this video. I have. Going around on the internet. Uh, is from America's Got Talent. It's a, of a young man named Cody Lee. Cody is blind and is autistic. Mm-hmm. And he comes out. Uh, escorted by his mom on stage and Gabrielle Union is talking to him and uh, telling him how he's going to sing a song. Dude, this guy brings the house down. Yeah. And it's like the most unexpected thing ever is. because he, when he's just talking to them, he, it's like he, he has a really hard time yeah. being able to get his words out. But then the second he sits down at the piano, he just belts it out and, yeah. and you're and like, I was blown away, dude. I was yeah. like, oh my God, that is phenomenal. Like after every question they ask him, it's like a three or four second delay until he answers back. Right. Because, you, you know, you can tell he's like, he's having a little bit of a hard time. But yeah, he, he, you, if you just listen to his music, like him singing, it sounds like just a fantastic performer. And that's what he is. Right. Yeah. If you, if you just heard a recording, you would never know yeah. that he's blind and autistic. Bl- blind and autistic. Yeah. And it, and it is, de- if you have not seen that video yet. You yeah. absolutely need to go and watch it. Yeah, it, was, it is it is well worth it. Agreed. It's like an eight minute video, and it's well worth watching the eight minutes. Yep. So that's my hot this week. Good hot. All right, my not this week. Creativity of school namers in Waukee. I don't know if you saw this. I did. I yeah. I dove deep into this. <laughs> Basically, uh, the news was announced this morning that uh, Waukee is splitting into two districts. We, that, we that, yeah, that that's been long known. Yeah. Um, there, but they finally came up with a name for their second high school, and. This high school will be named Waukee Northwest High School. Wow. Very impressive, Waukee. Very original and creative. Yeah. I'm sure everyone will be shocked to know <laughs> the Facebook commenters are not impressed with Waukee's ability to name a school. They are pissed. Dude, I, I'm with the Facebook commenters on this one. Oh, my goodness, dude. And it's crazy because they, uh, I guess they put out some sort of survey. Oh, did they? Asking for name possibilities. <laughs> And this one wasn't even on the survey. Oh, really? And they just like came up with it out of nowhere. Dude. So it's, uh, <laughs> here's, here's the first comment. Waukee, where we strive to be devoid of creativity and originality. <laughs> uh, here's a second one. Waiting for the cease and desist letter from Northwestern in three, two, one. <laughs> so disappointed, unsurprising, even confusing as it is closer to the center of Waukee. Yes, I read the email explaining it. This is a name. This name is a missed opportunity. It's like people are pissed that they didn't even look at the, yeah, Northwest wasn't even an option on the survey. Check your email from the school district from, oh, okay, that's not, I had hoped we would have done better. I admit I like Waukee West, Northwest is okay. Out of curiosity, would like the insight of how we got to Waukee Northwest, given Northwest wasn't even an option on the list. Everybody's fired up, dude. This this reeks of a higher up who was dead set on something and they wanted to make it their thing and they just pushed everything else 
opinion-wise aside. Respect to Courtney, who comes in and says, why does the name matter? We will support our kids no matter the name, <laughs> mascot, or colors. All I care about is a quality education for from quality professional teachers who love our kids like we do. Suck up. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, props to Courtney for being the one to raise above the fray. Dude, Courtney Courtney wants her kid to get some like into some advanced placement class, and that's right. what her, her Facebook post is about there. Yeah, I mean, it was... Waukee West sounds good. I mean, that's kind of boring, but uh, Northwest just sounds weird. That's just like a really – how do you even – like you can't come up with chance for go – like, I don't know. That's, just, that's a horrible name. Like a, just a direction? Yeah. That's so boring. Well, it's okay. Yeah, I mean, I get the direction, Like, but like why did, why did Ankeny come up with Ankeny Centennial? You know, that's a good question. I don't. I, I do not know the answer to that. And but that's a good name. It is Centennial. Just sounds I don't know, regal in a way. Or yeah, something. and it's and when you hear Centennial, there's no other Centennial in Iowa. Yep. So you know Centennial. Yep. You know, and Northwest. I mean, I don't think there is another Northwest. No. In Iowa, but still, you like you're gonna have to say Waukee Northwest every time. Every single time. That's the only way that you're gonna know who that is. Drop the ball on that one, man. They might as well just kept it one school. They should see if they can. And is the other one going to stay just walkie high? Yeah, I believe so. Oh, my goodness. These guys are idiots. I know. Uh, this, I, is, this is like if Ankeny had, when they made Centennial, they'd made it Ankeny North and then just Ankeny High School. Yeah. It, it, it's just so boring. Why don't they learn from the people in Ankeny? The people in Ankeny are leading the way. That's right. We both live in Ankeny. We're Ankeny residents. Yeah. We are. We are are pace setters. I live like two miles away from Centennial <laughs> High School. Yep. I am a Jaguar, basically. Yeah. Yep. Uh, <laughs> go Jags. Yeah, go Jags. <laughs> Don't you live on the south side, though? No, I, I live uh, north of First Street. Well, your house isn't your house south of First Street, though. Oh, uh, you're gonna be a you're gonna be a hawk, man. Where this ain't this ain't gonna is, work is, anymore. Is First Street the divider? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. Is it? Yeah. Oh, I am, I am an Ankeny a Hawk. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'm two blocks south of First Street now. Oh, boy. Big rivalry in, in the in the, in the Carl Chevrolet studio. Yeah, now. no kidding. <laughs> uh, what what should their mascot be? The Waukee Northwest. Nothing sounds good with so, that. Wait, wait. Uh, is Waukee the Warriors? Is yeah. that what they are? Yeah. So it's got to be something similar to Warriors just to keep on on, on brand. Not really. I mean, Jaguars and Hawks aren't the same. No, no. I'm saying like Ank- Ankeny was good about their schools. They split. They made them sound different. Oh, but yeah. Waukee makes them sound the same, so they, they have to be similar to the Warriors. So the the Waukee could be tr- Waukee Northwest Trojans or something like that. It's another Warrior. Northwest is so horrible. What? You got y'all got to do this again. I hope that there's somebody listening at Waukee High Schools right now that 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 will hear us and understand that we are the voice of the people right now. <laughs> We are the voice of the Facebook commenters. We have a much larger audience than what those Facebook commenters do. Yes. And we agree with them. It's time for a redo. A change.org petition will be, will be put up very soon. I don't even, can't even think of what a better name would be, though. I mean, I don't care about it enough. To I mean, it, again, it could, you could have picked anything. For as much money as somewhere like Waukee has, I would think that they would be able to hire some sort of branding company to come in and do like okay this is what you're like these would be some good options and then you put it out to the public and have them vote and that's when like this is just this is a farce yeah because i believe uh correct me if i'm wrong but i think waukee and ames or excuse me waukee and ankeny are the two uh fastest growing towns in iowa well yeah i think when bloom went to waukee it was a two-way school 
that would probably be make sense. Yeah. Hmm. And I, I've heard before that Ankeny might have to split into a third school. Yeah. Ankeny, man, there's, there's new buildings in Ankeny coming up literally every day. Right. Dude, there's so many elementary and middle schools here. Yeah. It blows my mind. Yep. Coming from a place where there's one yeah. school. Same. You, you just look around. And it's it's like, so or confusing you hear people talking about, oh, my kid goes to this elementary school. And you're like, man, there's more than one? <laughs> yeah. It's like, wow. I mean, there's, pro- there's probably what? Like at least 10 elementary schools in Ankeny, if not more? I want to say Rob told me there was between, like combined, there was like 12 elementary and middle schools. Yeah. That's, that's and that's ridiculous. Me. Yeah. Man, those kids, poor kids. Dude, someone, someone told me at one point that like in their fifth through, I want to say like third through fifth grades, at just one elementary school, there was like 500 kids or something like that. Too many. And I was just like, damn, that's more than my entire high school. <laughs> yeah. In three grades at one school. Same. Uh, I think my graduating class was at 100, and I think that was on the big side for for Albia. Yeah, I graduated with 61 kids. So even smaller. There you go. Yeah. Man. There's not even that in like one grade in an entire school. Yeah. See, like for, for people, for us who, who come from small towns, like going to college is the first time that you go to a new school where you don't really know everyone there. Yeah. Like, you, like people in your grade, you will not know. But, yeah. for, for, but for people who are in a, a town with multiple elementary schools, even going to a new middle school, like you'll meet people for the first time. Yeah. Because you didn't go to the same elementary school. This just blows my mind. And I still can't believe that Waukee did this. This is so yeah. horrible. Shame on you, Waukee. If you're going to split your school, you got to do it right. Yeah. You know? It's just like if, if you're going to consolidate, you really got to – like you got to do that thing right. That's what I understand. Like some of these towns, they'll just make – they'll combine the names and then they're just like a really long acronym. I'm like, yeah. man, y'all had to have a better – like there has to be a better way to think of a name than this. Yeah. And I get the – all the towns want to still have a school. And all, no, man, like, come on. You guys sound stupid. Like AGWSR or whatever it is, like yeah. Ackley something, something Steamboat Rock. <laughs> no one knows who you are anyway. And you've just got some long, you just got some long uh, acronym for your name. Yeah. And, and it's like, wait, someone says, oh, I went to AGWSR. Oh. I, I'm sorry, where? Yeah. <laughs> uh, or OABCIG. Yeah. Do you know what OABCIG is? No. It's uh, Oldbolt, Arthur, Battle Creek, Ida Grove. I could not Which have. is, I think, four different towns. Yeah. Wouldn't have got that in a million years. This is where Trevor Ryan is from. I only know that because we played them in football. Oh, nice. Uh, but there's so many of those where there's just these really long acronyms with a bunch of different, you know. Yeah. Come on, guys. There's we can, a lot we, we can do better. There's a lot we change about the schools nowadays we can do better yeah we can do better uh all right so that's your that's your knot we're gonna do a pick four uh chips favorite chips yep so we can we can blow, blow through these pretty fast yeah i'm coming up off the top of my off the, off the dome here today all right me number four ruffles cheddar sour and cream just a good all-around chip straight heat dude it, it's good uh three for me nacho cheese doritos i think uh i think our uh, our lists are very much gonna overlap here <laughs> they might and I was, I was wondering if they would when, yeah. I, when I came up with this uh doritos yeah very versatile i think if you if you bring chips to a barbecue a lot of times doritos are, are the the standard yeah um it's like doritos barbecue. uh original lays or, yeah. and barbecue agreed you, you can most everybody can agree on those yeah Number two for me, Lay's sour cream and onion. Uh, I, I'm a big sour cream and onion fan. 
I hate sour cream and onion. Do you? They All smell right. so bad. Like you don't. <laughs> but bring, they taste so good. You don't bring sour cream and onion to the to the barbecue. I, I they will, smell too awful. Well, if if you have a bunch of people who love sour cream and onion, then it's like you have to bring sour cream and onion stuff. But not everybody's being like, hey, who likes sour cream and onion? No, you well, don't. Yeah, and it's like you don't just show up with sour cream and but onion. But like, I mean, because like, you're running the risk that only a handful of people will really. Yeah, like Yeah, but I'm thinking more like a, a family setting. Like if you do a family barbecue, okay. you, you'll know if they all like sour cream and onion. So that's fair. So anywho. All right, my number one, Cool Ranch Doritos. Uh, I have probably at least ten times in my life eaten a full, like full size bag of Cool Ranch Doritos for as in the place of a dinner. I was or, say or in lunch. one sitting. Yeah, <laughs> I respect it. Like in, in college, if I was ever needing like a quick meal and where I can just you know stuff things in my mouth, it was a, a bag of Cool Ranch Doritos. I respect it. Thank you. Uh, I'd probably go like mine are really in no particular order. Uh, Ruffle sour cream and cheddar for sure. Those yep. are just. A, a staple and it's, it's got to be the yeah it's got to be the the ones with ridges it, yeah it adds something i don't know what it is but it adds something right uh the dill pickle lace huge I, fan of those i'm not sure i've ever had dill pickle lace dude i like them a lot yeah. i like pickles it's like my go-to chip really yeah well i'll have to get some sometime uh doritos would be there too mm-hmm. um and then i would do if I, I i'm really having a hard time choosing between original lays and Cheetos. Oh, yeah. And it comes down to, are Cheetos a chip? In my opinion. They, they sit in the chip aisle. I feel like, I feel like they got to be chips. I mean, because I wouldn't call them crackers. They're definitely closer to chips than they are crackers. Right. Although. Definitely not crackers. That's really, like, who would ever well, even consider them to be in that category? Yeah. An idiot? Yeah, an idiot. But I'm trying to think. If you, if you, if you categorize them, it probably would have to be chips. They're absolutely chips. I'm making the dis- distinction right now. What, what do you categor- categorize a uh, Chex Mix or Gardettos in? Are they chips? Those are just like a snack. Snack mix? Yeah. Okay. But you can't really call Cheetos a snack mix. Because they're the not way. a mix. They're it's just the same thing. They're definitely chips. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what, what about Cheez-Its? Are they crackers? Yes. Okay. Yes. There's a, there's a clear distinction between, che- like, between okay. chips and, and here's crackers. An, here's another thing. Uh, do you have to do crunchy Cheetos or do you do the puffs? I can do either one. I okay. prefer the crunchy, but I can do the puffs too. Most of the time, or well, at least growing up, and I, I'm not sure I've had them for a while, but I prefer the puffs. I don't know why. I think, I think you just get more cheese as opposed to more cracker or, or chip. Yeah. I feel like you can really, like if you get the, the, the puffs, yeah. you can almost put them in your mouth and they just melt, you know? Yeah, they do. Really just melt in your mouth and it's just delicious. Plus, and I think like when you- Do you when, remember the twists? The Cheeto, like the Cheeto twists? Uh-uh. They were like puffs that they- they were just like in a spiral. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I do yeah. remember those. They were in a spiral. Those, uh, those things were fire. Dude, those were, those were better than better than the puffs, I thought. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there was so much more cheese on those. It was like a good It was a good blend between the crunchy and the puff. It was yeah. like a, it was a good happy medium. Yeah. Man, where'd those go? I Man, I want some now. of those now. Yeah, I really want some of those too. I might have to see if I can find some. <laughs> They're probably going for like $400 a bag on eBay nowadays. <laughs> It's like, uh, they're just from like 2002. Yeah. But hey. There's only 50 bags left on the earth. If you need your fix, man, you got to buy it. You just sit them on a shelf and some, you, like someone opens them up randomly and, and you're just like, oh my God, what have you done? Yeah. Just smells like straight butt crack. <laughs> they're, they're so stale. Yeah. Uh, what have you done? You, you opened my bag of Cheeto twists. Yeah. <laughs> It was only there for the memories, just to bring back the good memories. You shouldn't have opened them. All right. I got to go play a basketball game, so I got to get out of here. All right. All right. Talk to you guys again next week. Peace.